Good morning or good afternoon, wherever you may be listening to this. I apologize for the lateness in this coming out. I know some people may listen to these podcasts the minute they come out, so therefore you wait uh, every single weekend to listen. I've been pretty unwell the past couple of days, honestly, uh, so feeling right to be able to make a podcast and say sit down for 50 minutes and, and speak has certainly not been something I've, I would argue, been able to do. Um, this episode, though, promises to be probably an exciting one, especially if you are into strictly aviation, as basically the discussion will be surrounding aviation within Australia. It's been a crazy week within the country I'm currently situated in, and I would love to just discuss what's been going on, get you up to speed on the latest news. There's a new airline that we're going to be discussing towards the latter half of this podcast. We're going to be discussing Qantas flights border control, and generally a whole lot more. If you've been listening to recent podcasts, you'll know that I'm supposed to be heading to Canada in a couple of months. So all this news is very crucial for me. Uh, So I'll catch up to speed on all of that. Like I always say, I have two more reviews to, well, when I say like I always say, uh, we do have two more reviews to the podcast. Typically at the beginning of every podcast, I will go over the new written reviews as that way I can read out and give a shout out to you for reviewing the podcast. The two reviews come from one being Football Gamer from Great Britain, and then we have Neil in Australia, both being five stars. So thank you very, very much, guys, for the reviews. They're greatly appreciated. We'll begin with the one that was published, I believe, on the 9th of October. I'm not sure if I've covered this one. I don't believe I have. Um, but basically, you go on to say, wow, this podcast is amazing. Listen all the time. Came from the YouTube channel, and it is super. Subscribed, loved it, and I so recommend it. Five stars. Thank you very, very much. And then Neil's review is, thanks, DJ. I just started listening to the podcast and have been watching the YouTube videos for a while. Welcome back to Melbourne. Thank you very much, Neil, for the review on the podcast. And to anyone else that may have reviewed it, just simply by tapping the stars on um apple podcasts that is more than appreciated get a lot i get a lot of questions pardon me about what platforms you can listen to this podcast on i mean i think at the end of the day probably if you're listening to me say this you definitely have found somewhere to listen to so maybe it is irrelevant but hey if you have a more favorable platform that you enjoy listening uh we are on soundcloud well when i say we i am also on soundcloud uh that would be spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and I believe also Audible or Amazon, whatever there. I think it's Audible, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, lots of different, and I believe we may be on on some other services as well, but they're definitely the main ones that I think uh, pretty much anyone would have access to at least one of those, as Spotify is available anywhere, SoundCloud's available anywhere, anywhere, and then of course we have the Apple Podcasts for Apple devices, and then we have Google for people that are on Android, I think that's at least how it works, but correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I know my tech, but at the same time, I'm not amazing with it. So where should we begin? I think we should begin with uh, Australian borders. Very interesting developments in the past couple of days. It's definitely been heating up within the country with regards to borders easing. However, what cannot be mistaken is a lot of the time when we're seeing headlines saying Australia's travel ban is like say being scrapped it's it's really only new south wales which would only be one state of the country not every single state is opening up and in fact some are being very very hesitant and and are not going to be opening up so uh maybe that's a bit misleading if you say from germany i apologize if i'm probably guilty of doing that uh but just to reiterate it's really only at the moment new south wales and it's not for tourists it's only going to be for permanent residents citizens um and i believe family like parents 
I think that's something that was recently announced by the Prime Minister here that parents would also be able to do so. I've got a couple, I've written down a bunch of information, of course, as per usual, pre-planning the podcast out. Um, and of course, I have my dot points that are going to guide me through this just to make it as sweet, concise, hopefully. Well, I say concise, but if you know me, these podcasts will never be concise. There'll always be a lot of tangents and rambling, but hey, that's what we're here for, I hope, or that's what you may be here for. So basically, uh, we were originally going with a November 14th date that uh, the New South Wales would be opening up for international travel. That would be, once again, to reiterate, allowing Australian citizens, passport holders, basically, to come and go as they please. Previously, under the current restrictions, you needed to apply for an exemption. I've gone over this a couple of times, but if you've never listened to an episode of the podcast, exemptions are very, very hard to come by, and I would say that the way they go about approving them are not necessarily the most... Um, well, I just wouldn't say it's done amazingly, as in I've seen some people accepted uh, for exemptions for silly reasons, while people that have genuine reasons are rejected. I've actually seen people rejected 20 times before finally getting an exception on their um, exemption to leave, so it's very, very difficult. It, that's why we get the name of the prison island, because you need a pass to leave, and it's near on impossible to get. Uh, there's a lot of people that struggle. You have to do declarations. It's a complete mess, so it's definitely encouraging that we even got we're even getting somewhere where that will not be a thing um, as dumb as it may sound I've applied for university but under the current restrictions I would have to say that I'm going to university for uh, three or four years potentially then not even staying coming back to Australia ever again and um, they may still not let me leave despite having say the placing in university so that I could miss the start of the university year because Australia doesn't let me leave that's just how bad it has been now this would be despite being double jabbed and everything like that but basically, the original date was November 14th for the New South Wales restrictions to ease. That is now November 1st, and Qantas has therefore fast-tracked flights from Los Angeles, oh, pardon me, from Sydney to London and Los Angeles. These have been pushed forward from November 14th to November 1st. If you've been listening to previous podcasts, you may also recall that I made mention of other routes, now that being your Fiji Vancouver and Singapore. These were all tentatively going to start on December 18th, and that would also uh, tie hand in hand with services resuming from Melbourne. That is something I'll get onto a little bit later, as that involves me more so. Specifically for the ones out of New South Wales, that being your uh, Sydney to Vancouver, Sydney to Singapore, and Sydney to say Fiji, these are looking at being brought forward. However, at the time of recording, no exact date has been given on when these will come forward and be announced. On top of this, we've already seen the rerouting of a number of services that previously went through Perth. Perth is in Western Australia, and Western Australia as a state are very, very, very adamant that they do not want to open up to either allow Australian citizens, tourists, or anyone to come in. So Qantas and... Well, Qantas are really the only airline, but let's say we had competitors as well that were flying Sydney, Perth, London. They do have to reroute, and that's now going through Darwin. Like I said, the... Pushing forward of uh, flights is definitely encouraging. When um, having a look and researching flights, because I am flying with Qantas, I was definitely able to see that flights were selling out. Uh, my flight to Los Angeles is, I would say now, over half booked. And that increase has been, well, I would say pretty rapid, to be completely honest. It's definitely been a major increase in the bookings. There's not that many window seats available anymore. And uh, a lot of them are for the middle row, so... Make of that what you will, but it's definitely encouraging to see a lot of people booking. You could say it's encouraging. You could also say it's very concerning because we still don't have 
any firm confirmation that I will be allowed to go. But because we're being, we've got no information and they're leaving it so late, it's basically that thing of if you don't book, you won't have a ticket. And um, if you know, you know, but I'm going there and I'm lining up with accommodation and everything. So I don't have the flexibility of just saying, ah, well, it doesn't matter. I won't go. I'll go in four months. You know, this is really my only time. So it's very scary and very stressful to say the least. Let's go back though to what I was talking about with regards to international travel. The borders have actually been shut now since March 25 of 2020. This was when basically the prime minister gave Australians, I would say maybe three days notice to get back from overseas, otherwise you'd be stuck there. This is why you hear the whole stranded Australians, and it's not, it's getting talked about a lot more now, but I would argue that a lot of Australians dislike Australians that are overseas and do not class them as Australians. I won't go into it, but it's definitely something if you research more and, and get public reaction, you'll see that a lot of people don't have fond feelings for these people because they believe that um, they're the reason why COVID is so bad here. It's funny... Um, Because if you have a look at the daily stats for COVID and coronavirus, putting people in hotel quarantine for 14, 15 days despite taking all the tests, in fact, they're they're still just likely to then come straight back out of the hotel quarantine and get COVID from going to the supermarket. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, it is getting a bit all ludicrous with that, but it's encouraging to see we're sort of moving past that. Um, going on with the information I have written down, Oh, that's what I was going back to saying about that three-day period, or I think it was maybe three to five days where we got told we could come home. Uh, It's very hard to pack up a life in three or five days, so a lot of people were unable to do that, and then that's when the whole stranded Australian things became a thing, because we pretty much got abandoned there, wherever we were, and if we needed to come back in five months and we couldn't leave at the time, it was kind of like, that's your fault, which is silly. It's, It's silly. Maybe I have a different perspective to some people that will disagree with me, but I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but it is what it is. It, it just is what it is. Um, going on and having a look at more, Sydney Airport is going to be, of course, the leading airport with regards to this. They'll be making specific lanes for quarantine-free. I've heard reports also surrounding airports being put in the red list, green list, and uh, maybe amber list or something like that. I don't know how credible that is, but it's definitely, I think, something being discussed. And when I say that, I mean depending on what lane, if you're arriving in, like, Sydney, if you're coming from London. But... Uh, that's that's the news regarding international borders. So we're, we're definitely moving closer. We're only now 13 days away. But the biggest takeaway from all of this is uh, the fact that my home state of Victoria, Victoria, pardon me, is, is in a complete and utter shambles right now. Um, it, it's You're gonna you're probably going to laugh if you're listening. You may have already underst- have heard about this, but if this is your first time listening or first time really understanding about what's been going on, basically from November 1st, uh, you could fly from London to Sydney and then without quarantining and then travel straight down to Melbourne without quarantining. However, me being in Melbourne, I would not be able to go to regional Victoria, which is, say, three hours away. Uh, Also, I still would not be allowed to, under current rules, I would still also not be allowed to travel overseas to go to Los Angeles. However, someone from Los Angeles could go to Sydney and then on to Melbourne. So it's a cheat code to getting into Melbourne. Utterly, utterly ridiculous, utterly laughable, and every single time anyone's been asked why this is, no one's been able to provide answers and has basically deflected the blame and basically, oh, like, yeah, that's not our problem. And I'm like, I can't, I can't fathom to believe this, to be honest. When I heard it, I was like, what? Uh, also, previously, 
uh, prior to recent announcements, it was going to be that someone could come from London, then to Sydney, then to Melbourne, and me being in Melbourne, I'd only be allowed to go 25 kilometres away from my home. Do you understand how ridiculous that sounds? And I'm not. I'm saying London is an example. This could be Montreal. This could be uh, Manchester. This could be France, Italy, India, Bangladesh. It doesn't matter where it is. They could just go into Sydney without quarantine because that is something that has indeed been announced uh, by the New South Wales Premier. Basically, hotel quarantine and home quarantine, everything of the past. This is what was declared by the new Premier in a press conference uh, at the beginning of last week, I believe. And it definitely... Definitely shocked a lot of people. I think not many people were expecting this to be announced, but it has. And it's um, I'd say it's got a mixed reaction. A lot of people are happy about it. A lot of people are unhappy. The world is definitely moving forward, trying to live with COVID, especially in a travel sense. I think it's reached the point where um, we have to move on if we don't move on. I'm not saying that the pandemic's over. I would not say that. I think that's naive to be like, COVID no, uh, therefore doesn't exist anymore, but... Uh, it comes a point in time where I feel like we do need to look at ways to begin to open up. Otherwise, it's never going to happen. Um, and obviously, some people may still want to stay at home and some people may still be concerned. I think that's perfectly fine. I think that um, then, well, you can stay at home type of thing, but it shouldn't... If someone wants to stay at home and someone doesn't, then the risk is therefore deemed to be a little bit less. Do you know what I mean? But I'm not I'm not a health expert. But as, as I've been observing, a lot of countries are definitely moving towards quarantine-free travel. Uh, being double vaccinated is absolutely crucial to this, which I am. And of course, producing those negative tests, which seems like a, a, a logical way moving forward, unless we just want to abolish any form of international travel for the rest of our lives. Say goodbye to the airline industry and never travel for the rest of eternity. Um <laughs> So it's been great to see. I mean, United States will be opening up, I believe, November 8th. Um, correct me, I may be getting the wrong date, but I believe they'll be opening up to anyone that is double vaccinated, which has received amazing response. That's also further confirmation that people from the United Kingdom can go to the United States without quarantining. I know a lot of people who I follow over on Twitter are very, very excited about that prospect and will definitely be booking flights. Can't lie, I'm very, very jealous at seeing all this. It's great to see everyone. I'm very jealous, but I'm also very happy. I'm very, very happy that I'm getting to see everyone who has been away from each other from, for two months or three months or five months, being able to be reunited with their family and loved ones. It's It's been lovely to see, even if it's been tw- 12 days. It's just great to see people happy and being able to see the people that they love. Uh, but, of course, there's an element of always jealousy, but I wouldn't say it's the jealousy of, like... Um, a sort of screw you, but it's very much a jealousy of uh, they're very lucky and I wish I had that. <laughs> uh, at the moment, as it stands, I still don't know if I'm allowed to go to Montreal. Uh, we, we the One of the main positive things to take away from this the past couple of weeks has been uh, my state's vaccination levels. They're rising dramatically. I believe we're about to surpass 90% first dose coverage. And in around about 13 days, we will be indeed hitting, well, I think 80% double dose. Maybe even less, maybe like 12, 11, 11. I don't know, but the rate of our second dose for 80% has come forward drastically. Now you may be thinking, well, how is that relevant? Well, that's relevant because New South Wales has resumed international travel because they've hit 80% double dose. So I'm under the impression that therefore I should be allowed to go if my state hits it, but I'm very, very concerned. It seems that there's never any clarity. One of the main things that has been referred to is the roadmap, well, which is Melbourne's roadmap out of lockdown, Victoria's roadmap out of lockdown. And I know when there's been questions regarding that, they always say, uh, 
or we don't have a plan yet. Or no, they don't even say that. They just say like, oh, we don't go to the roadmap. But the roadmap doesn't actually have anything on international travel. The national plan does, but the national plan is not being followed by states because states are not... A lot of the states in Australia are doing their own thing. As an example, New South Wales... Well, they're, not, they're probably following the national plan, but maybe not so much with the quarantine stuff. But other states are like, no, even if we hit 90%, we're not going to open up. We don't think it's safe. So because they're chasing zero COVID, you've got one half of the country doing one thing and half of the country the other. There was encouraging comments noting that Victoria and New South Wales want to try and operate as like a, not their own country, but their own bubble in a sense of that they would be largely open. I've seen reports that flights are now being put on sale for Melbourne to Sydney, which would in, in like give me the understanding that therefore the border's open. The fact that people from New South Wales, like I mentioned earlier, can travel to Melbourne would also infer to me that most likely the border will be opening up. But see, that doesn't change it. My flight is out of Melbourne, so I really need Melbourne to be uh, allowing international travel. And I guess there's a whole bunch of stresses that come with that. At the end of the day, it's a 30-hour journey. I'll be gone for over three weeks. I need to, I'm already preparing for videos across uh, DJ's Aviation and DJ's Transport. Uh, I've made something like 15 videos already in preparation, but um, obviously I don't want to be working 24-7 when I'm I'm trying to take this as like a holiday and trying to enjoy myself because I don't, I usually, I very rarely have taken a break. In fact, uh, I was having a discussion with my parents and they made note that the last time I took a holiday uh, was in 2018. The, in June of 2018 was the last time I took like a holiday. So I, I feel like a break is something, I wouldn't say, I'm not trying to like, say I'm amazing or anything, but I definitely feel like I deserve a holiday just to be able to unwind for a little bit. And and January is usually the best month for that. So I'm very, very much wanting to go for many different reasons, not just to have a break, but obviously the break is going to be great as well. So I'm already in the, in the process of preparing content. And I think that's definitely run me into the ground and made me sick because it's a lot of stress. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm still publishing two or three videos every single day across both my channels and on top of that I'm also preparing for content in a couple of months to make sure that the channels you know keep going and people still have things to watch and people don't forget about me and um, yeah unfortunately the way YouTube works is if you take time off they won't promote your channel anymore they won't recommend your channel so it's with this being my job and bills needing to be paid I can't just disappear for three weeks because people won't come back uh, whether they it's not by choice it's just YouTube will be like oh this person's gone for three weeks the channel's dead to us. Um, so I'm definitely going to have to try keep things going, and I guess there's a lot of stress involved with that. I'll be needing to um, get a bunch of stuff. I need new suitcases because my suitcase is broke trying to come home from London. So these are all things I need to try and secure, but it's difficult when you still don't have confirmation that you can go to this place and, and time is starting to run out. In fact, I'm going... I'm pretty much leaving now in two months, and um, in between that, we have the festive period and and all that kind of jazz. So I'm really, really hoping I can get some answers. And uh, and as dumb as it sounds, even if it ends up being no, I'd rather know now rather than a week before. I'm already going to be distraught if it's a no, but I would rather it come sooner than later, especially with me needing to prepare for both channels and, and so forth. So the latest development on that is there's nothing. Uh, they keep saying that we need to hold more meetings, but then some states have already made up their mind. It just feels like a lot of delaying and unnecessary lack of communication which is not appreciated the whole thing has been very very poorly dealt with but when you just want a little bit of communication on the matter and people are asking the questions and you still don't get the answers it's a bit like oh 
My hope is that by the time my state hits 80% double dose, we will get those answers. Um, and then that way I'll be able to be like, I'm definitely going type of thing. And that should be, like I said, in about 12 days. So fingers crossed, if there's an announcement in maybe like the next 10 days about what restrictions are easing, we may be able to get the final answer if I'm going to be able to go or not. So hopefully I'll have some good news to you. But that's that's the kind of jazz with the international travel. Uh, it's definitely moving forward for New South Wales. They'll, they'll be removing their caps regarding international arrivals as well. If you are unaware, Australia has operated on a cap policy because of the hotel quarantine, meaning only set amount of people can come in for every single week. Those caps have been ridiculously dropped to like a, a pathetically low number for a very long time now um, because of limited hotel quarantine spaces and, and really just a botched quarantine system in general within Australia. And uh, it, it's it's great to see that going because it will allow for more Australians to finally get home and see the loved ones just as much as some Australians need to leave the country to go and see their loved ones. It's going to be great for people that are trying to come back for the festive period. Let's just cross our fingers that for everyone that is going to be either trying to come in or depart, it goes smoothly. Uh, we've been lied to many a times before. We've had uh, false hope and fake promises and everything like that. So I just, I just really, really hope that this time it all goes smoothly. But hey, only time will tell on that front. But we can definitely keep an eye on everything. I know personally, for me, I am refreshing Vic Border, Australian International Travel, Australia Borders, Vic Borders, uh, Melbourne Travel, Melbourne Borders, pretty much every hour over on Twitter during the daytime uh, within Australia, Australian time, pardon me, just to be able to understand what's going on and if there's any updates or any hint at the press conference. It's very, very stressful, uh, but there's a lot riding on it. But that's that's that may conclude, I believe. Let me just double check my notes. I think that's going to be concluding the discussion regarding. The, it's been a very very busy week, so I just wanted to recap everything that's going on. And I thought let's go now to a new airline, that being Bonza, which is slang for excellent. I had an email about that. Someone was like, "What are the origins of Bonza? You know, what does Bonza mean?" And I didn't even know this, but Bonza is slang for excellent. So. Bonza Airlines, or Excellent Airlines, is a new Australian low-cost airline looking at a mid-2022 or early 22, or early, pardon me, 2022 launch. That would be next year. Uh, very interesting stuff. I mean, it's been a while since I feel like we've had a, a new airline within Australia. It's always been, since I was young, it's always sort of been Qantas, Jetstar, Virgin Australia. And we did have Tiger Air. Unfortunately, they have now collapsed. Um... But it always definitely felt like it was just Qantas and Jetstar and Virgin Australia. While Tiger Air definitely had a presence at my local airport, the presence was not huge compared to the three other airlines. And I feel like it's always been, you don't really have a lot of alternatives and the prices have been so, so high. I mean, you're looking at like, I paid um, $200 for a 50 minute flight. $200, that's about £120. Obviously, I know what you get, what you pay for, and everything like that. But hey, compare that to Ryanair or EasyJet, and I understand the supply and demand and all that kind of thing. But it's ridiculous the, the how expensive it is to travel within Australia, and I think a lot of people have been crying out for like a low cost airline to actually succeed. And now we have Bonza. It's going to be the only independent low cost airline. This means that they're not going to be a part of say Qantas or Jetstar. They're going to be their own airline, and they're going to be flying with a. Well, when I say with A, they will be utilising the 737 MAX 8. Now, it's a risky time to be launching an airline. I'm not going to lie and say that. I think 
I briefly touched on this in a video and I think I gave an angle that maybe uh, other people had not like covered before, but that's the border restrictions. Bonza is actually looking at being an airline that would not typically fly on Melbourne to Sydney, Sydney to Brisbane. They're looking at flying into markets that are underserved. So locations and routes that they believe do not have enough substance there and they believe that if they were to put an aircraft on it they'd be able to capture a large portion of that market share that's a risky move but it's a move that is very very similar to what we've seen take place with both breeze and avalo breeze and avalo are two of the newest united states based carriers and they've approached with a similar business model they're not looking to operate your los angeles to san francisco rather focusing on a a specific pardon me area of the united states and operating flights there. And it's been interesting to see their growth plans, their future fleet, and so forth. Now, in comparison to that of Bonza, I would say one of the biggest takeaways is that the United States has a severely larger population than that of Australia. So when we take a look at a regional area for the United States and compare that to an underserved market in Australia, the demand may not necessarily be there in Australia, but it may be there in the United States. Only time will tell on that. I'd be very interested to see what their routes look like, especially when it comes to underserved. They have announced already that they believe there's a number of airports that they're going to be able to fly into, and obviously their focus alongside regional destinations will be leisure. I'll go into say uh, I'll go into and just discuss comments made by the CEO. He says this is about opening up new routes and new markets, so the majority of the routes that we serve will not be operated by existing carriers. For me, that's very very interesting. He went on to say our business focused carriers that are offering high frequency and all of the necessary bells and whistles for business travelers, but we will offer a low cost alternative which will stimulate a new market. Very very encouraging signs there. Um, going on to say we will be about offering a generally low-frequency service maybe two or three times a week at a very low price. That's our mode of operation. So he sort of already answers one of the uh, uh, questions I had, which was how are they going to justify that? Would the demand maybe not be there? So it seems like they'll be operating a very expansive network, but it will not be a seven times daily or like a, a daily service. It will be very much two or three times weekly. I still think one of the main concerns is going to be cross-border operations. So as an example, if they're looking at operating a flight from one state to another, under current restrictions, that may be very, very difficult, especially considering Australia's stance on the pandemic. A lot of states, like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, are chasing zero COVID, which is zero cases. If they get one case, they lock down. And uh, that's not sustainable. I think we can all probably hand-in-hand agree that zero COVID is not sustainable. New Zealand has given up on that. New South Wales has given up on that. And Victoria has given up on that. Unfortunately, the only way that these states have had their eyes opened has been to have a large spike in cases. This is something I've been saying to my parents now for over a year. I was always saying that the only way a location will stop chasing zero COVID is to have an outbreak. And no one wants to have an outbreak. We'd much rather have COVID uh, never exist. But I think that the outbreak is the reason why sometimes it's like the vaccinations go up and also why we see more of a movement in opening up in the future for more prolonged periods. For Bonza, they are already looking at 45 airports across Australia. So that's... That's encouraging that they're already looking at 45 airports. That's that's quite a decent amount. Um, where those 45 airports are remain to be seen. I can think of a handful in my head now, but 
Obviously, I'd be very interested to see their root network, and I'm hoping that comes out soon. I think once we get those roots, it'll be very interesting to see what their future holds. Um, so like we said, it's going to be lower fares with fewer flights, and therefore we have leisure travellers with a lot more flexible timetable in comparison to maybe other airlines' offerings. He goes on to say, A quarter of our costs are actually airport costs, and that's just too much, especially when we're talking about trying to stimulate brand new markets for these airports and to support economies in a post-pandemic recovery situation. Clearly, we've got some ideas of our own, but we want to hear the airport's ideas, and based on that response, our network will take more firm shape. So it seems like communications still need to be um, discussed with you know the airports because I think that's going to be crucial to their operations. So while I don't think they believe, I don't think they have a firm root network. They probably have a fair idea, but I definitely don't think it will be specific yet. A lot of questions have been, and I've seen this in my YouTube comments. Uh, a lot of the questions have surrounded: Is this Ryanair too? You know, is this a Ryanair? Is this an EasyJet? I don't think it will be. I think it's going to be a different type of airline and a different twist. Um, nor will it be like your Virgin Blue. It's definitely going to be its own airline and it's going to be settling into the regional market and, like I said, serving those underserved destinations, which is going to be it's going to be interesting. I definitely hope they're a success. I hope that I would love to see more airlines shaking up the industry. I'm, I'm sick and tired of seeing... Um, you know, your Qantas Virgin and stuff, securing a lot of that market share. Rex has tried to dip in recently to with those 737s, um, but naturally with the border restrictions for Rex, they've been struggling to really gain a proper market share. But hey, when they were flying, I believe that they were doing not too badly. Obviously for Bonza, I don't think their direct competition would be Qantas because like I said, they're not looking at flying Melbourne to Brisbane or Melbourne to Sydney. Um, but definitely they'll be looking at that Qantas link and regional operators and using the 737s, which will be brand new and leased. Uh, they'll be leased through 777 Partners. It's, it's going to be cool to see more new aircraft. Their livery is going to be, just for anyone that's curious, I know you can't necessarily see anything on a podcast, but it's going to be purple and bonza. The B, though, has a thumbs up. That's one of the main takeaways from their entire branding is the B has a, th- the B has a thumbs up. The livery to me is is pretty boring, um, but it, it's there's nothing wrong with it. It's basically a white body plane and just the purple. Uh, it looks like something made on clip art, uh, something you could probably do in about five minutes. But hey, a new airline, you can't really complain with that. So I'll definitely be following them closely with their launch in 2022 and just seeing how the next couple of months pan out for them, whether that's the, the shaping up of their route network, the arrival of their aircraft and, and much more. If you had any thoughts on Bonza, you're more than welcome to email me or go to the YouTube channel where I did discuss the airline and you can have a dialogue in the comment section with anyone that wants to have a chat. Alternatively, you can also join our Discord server and I'm sure some would be more than welcome to discuss Bonza with you. That's going to conclude this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the more aviation-centered topics around. There's been a lot going on and I thought why not just stick with Australia because that is what... I am involved in right now and I'm definitely keeping a close eye on it so I feel like I have a lot to say. It's been a crazy week and I'm sure the following weeks will also be very very crazy but hey that's all part of the fun and games and hopefully for you makes the podcast interesting to listen to. Thanks very much for everyone that tunes in and takes the time out of their day to listen to these. I hope you get some form of enjoyment out of them and you're not totally bored every single episode. Until next week please like always take care. If I don't see you in the Discord server, I may see you over on Twitter 
or you may simply be watching a couple of videos of mine. So thank you very much and I'll see you next week.